This is Sunrise. The who, what, when, where, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Jim Rossica, filling in for your regular host, Rick Flagg, from our recording studio in Tallahassee, which Ralph Waldo Emerson once called a grotesque place, settled by public officers, land speculators, and desperados. Coming up, Ron DeSantis lawyers up. Lawmakers keep keeping on in this first of two back-to-back committee weeks, and two new judges were picked for the state's premier appellate court. All that and Christina Johnson on this edition of Sunrise. And now, the top stories. Next week, the state Senate has double duty. It's a committee week, but that chamber alone also will go into special session to consider whether to remove or reinstate suspended Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel. The Sun Sentinel reports that DeSantis has hired outside counsel to press his case that Israel should go. That person is George Levesque, an attorney in the Gray Robinson firm, and he's a former general counsel of the Senate. The paper reported Levesque has already been meeting with senators and will present the governor's case next week. He has some experience with executive suspensions. He just represented Okaloosa County Superintendent of Schools Mary Beth Jackson over her suspension by DeSantis. That case ended when Jackson decided to resign. DeSantis accused Israel of incompetence and neglect of duty in deciding to suspend him in January. He cited the sheriff's office's handling of the shootings at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School and at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. Dudley Goodlett, a former lawmaker tapped as the Senate's hearing officer, already has recommended to that body that Israel should be reinstated as sheriff. It's day three of committee week, and here are just a few highlights from Wednesday. A second House panel in as many days contemplated cannabis. The House Health Quality Subcommittee heard from Andrew Friedman. He's the former Colorado Director of Marijuana Coordination, or Colorado Cannabis Czar for short. He's now a consultant. The upshot of his presentation, it's not a matter of if, but when, cannabis is made legal for adults in Florida. It's unprecedented, one state expert said. A House panel got an update on South Florida's coral reef loss. The House Ag and Natural Resources Approps Subcommittee heard from state DEP official Joanna Walzak. She emphasized the severity of the problem, saying, Most coral diseases last only a couple of months, maybe a year. This has been going on for about five years, end quote. And the 80s song goes, no parking on the dance floor, but for some law enforcement officers, there's not even parking at home. Believe it or not, some homeowner associations have been banning residents from parking their marked police cars outside their residences. Now, lawmakers are pushing legislation to ensure that police, deputies, and others can park their patrol cars without interference from their HOAs. Remember, those stories and more are online at floridapolitics.com. Finish the site after you finish this podcast, floridapolitics.com. Our name is our address. Finally, Governor Ron DeSantis appointed conservative Tallahassee lawyers Rachel Nordby and Adam Tenenbaum for two openings on the state's first district court of appeal. 
The first DCA, which is right here in the Capitol, is kind of a high-profile assignment because it hears appeals from civil cases challenging actions taken by the governor and state government. Norby is a partner in the Schutzen Bowen Law Firm. She's a former senior deputy solicitor general under then-AG Pam Bondi. Tannenbaum is now the general counsel for the Florida House, but he's also been the state's chief deputy solicitor general and once was general counsel for the Department of State. He's also been a member of the Federalist Society, the nationwide conservative legal group. Now let's take a break to hear from one of our sponsors. Florida is a great place to live and do business. Let's keep it that way. By supporting the Florida Competitive Workforce Act, legislators can do the right thing. To remain competitive globally, we must be a welcoming state for everyone to live, work, and play. 11 Fortune 500 companies, 35 major employers, and hundreds of small businesses support the act. And 68% agree it's wrong to discriminate in employment, public housing, and accommodations. Go to floridacompetes.org. Tell your legislator to hear the Florida Competitive Workforce Act. Christina Johnson is here. Jimi Hendrix saying, are you experienced? Yes, she is experienced, but in state government, having been deputy chief of staff at the Department of State, communications director for DBPR, comms director for then Senate President John McKay. She is the founder and president of On3 Public Relations, aka On3PR, here in Tallahassee, and we are happy to have her on the program. Christina, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks, Jim. Uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you about is this new uh, code buzzword, OJT100. I'm going to guess it has nothing to do with orange juice and taxation, but, you know, who knows? Well, close. It's orange juice and tea, so we're calling it the OJT. But really, it's uh, we're expanding into the markets of Orlando, Jacksonville, and Tallahassee. So what started as the Tallahassee 100 back in 2016, uh, we've done that for the last couple of years and wanted to expand in different markets. So now we're in Orlando and Jacksonville, and I've got two other firms with me, and uh, we just announced this week. And, and for those of us who are not glued to our smartphones, uh, what was or what is the Tallahassee 100 that this is growing out of? Well, actually, it was uh, born out of the 100 companies out of Atlanta. And uh, what they decided, and rightfully so, is that people get their information in snippets, in sound bites, 100-word stories, and that's what uh, Tallahassee 100 is. So every story is exactly 100 words, a video uh, exactly 100 seconds, and uh, we produce that biweekly, and it started in 2016 for Tallahassee, and and uh, we just decided to to expand to the uh, to the other markets, and, and it's I been great. I have to say that sounds incredibly. I I, I I I have to say it sounds incredibly tedious trying to get to exactly 100 words for every story. It's it's a game. We uh, we have a team. Uh, our team and uh, has been writing these uh, for the last couple of years, and. You know, when we're storytelling experts, it takes about 100 words to really get the story going. But it forces you to think in shorter terms, shorter sound bites, 100 words. And we use a lot of hyperlinks to tell the rest of the story. I uh, I use that trick myself, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, okay, well, very good. I also wanted to talk to you. You've been involved in the past with uh, something called the Florida Competitive Workforce Act, the, the group behind that, that was at least at one point called Florida Competes. Uh, I take it you're still involved with that? 
We are, and it's a great uh, organization. And really, these are the Fortune 500 companies based here in Florida. We've got more than 35 major employers. And basically, we support the Florida Competitive Workforce Act. It's legislation that's been brought uh, forth the last couple of years, uh, just saying that you should not be fired from your job. You should not be denied public housing or accommodations uh, because you're LGBT. And you would think it's already included in the 1992 Florida Civil Rights Act, but it's not. Everything else is except LGBT. So uh, we formed this group, I would say, about four or five years ago, and we're growing in leaps and bounds, uh, names that you'd recognize here in Florida and uh, who support this. And so we're hoping to get this bill at least heard in committee this year. It is the fourth session now that we've tried uh, A little bit more than that, unfortunately. Oh, but okay. uh, our support grows. This past session, we had 72 co-sponsors. Uh, it was the third highest sponsored piece of legislation that didn't get a hearing. The first, I believe, was the firefighters' benefits bill. The second one was the texting bill. And the third one was ours and didn't even get uh, put on a calendar. Uh, so we are, again, renewing our call to support the Florida Competitive Workforce Act. And CJ, it would sound like a vote for this would be a no-brainer. Uh, we certainly don't want to uh, insult any of our more sensitive uh, listeners. Uh, but, but what is the uh, persistent opposition to this bill? Why can't you get it to that you know, 50% plus one point? I, there's been some arguments that if we did pass this, that there would be uh, lawsuits that would happen, that people would sue their employer or sue a restaurant uh, or a hotel because they were denied housing or denied a job. And we found that in South Florida, where these practices are, are you know already exist, that there are no lawsuits. It's 0.001 percent of the lawsuits brought before the human rights uh, ordinance, you know, the, before the the council. Uh, so it's kind of a false argument. So we don't really know why there's such resistance to it. But uh, we get more and more Republicans that, that sponsor this every year. And we hope that in future, this 2020 session, that will at least get heard. And as we get more and more freshman members, we've been very uh, surprised with a lot of the freshman members that were uh, getting support. So we're, we're hoping that this is this is the year. The to do 2020 it. is the charm. Yes, as they say. Uh, and uh, l lastly, can you tell us a little bit about? I know you do some work with something called Maggie's List. What is Maggie's List? What does it do, and what do you do for them, or sure. it? Well, and and uh, I serve as the Florida director for Maggie's List. We started in 2010, and it's named after Margaret Chase Smith. And uh, for those listeners there, uh, the reason we named it Margaret uh, after Margaret Chase Smith is she was the first woman elected to the House and the first woman elected to the Senate. And uh, so we honor her with Maggie's List. So you might want to compare it to the Democrats' uh, Emily's List. So this is our Republican version of uh, Maggie's List. So we have an event, actually, that's coming up here in Tallahassee uh, on November 12th. We have Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez, Attorney General Ashley Moody. We have a lot of our uh, Republican women legislators that will be attending this, and it's a salute to uh, Republican women and Republican leaders here in Florida. So that's going to be November 12th uh, here in Tallahassee. 
at uh, 5.30. So. And where, where is that? That's going to be at the uh, Tallahassee Center. But if you go to maggieslist.org, we'll have a lot of information there. So, again, we start in 2010. We have, we're up in about 35, 36 states now. And uh, we endorse – we started in 2010, probably about four or five endorsed candidates. We're up to about 30 or 40 where we actually contribute, hold events for them, uh, bring awareness to these uh, these incredible women running for office. Can you uh, name uh, who was the most recent Maggie's List endorsed candidate that we would know? Maggie, <laughs> certainly. Certainly it's named after Maggie's List. It was Martha Roby. I'm sorry, at Alabama too, just over the border here. She was the first woman elected to Congress out of Alabama. Alabama, a Republican. So we, and actually, we were one of the first who contributed to her back in 2010, and has uh, she's run for re-election subsequently. But uh, we've uh, uh, supported a lot of women candidates for U.S. Congress and for uh, U.S. Senate. But certainly, she is a Maggie's List success story. Yes, she is. Very good, uh, Christina Johnson. Always a pleasure to have you here. Thank and you. perhaps we shall uh, run into you uh, again. I hope so. If Thank not you in so front much. of a microphone, you know, maybe somewhere else. Over at the Capitol. Uh, you know, could, could have all the cocktail, good. you know. Uh, I like that better. You know, That's not, even better. Not making any predictions, but, you know, one can hope. Okay. <laughs> Christina Johnson on 3PR. Thank you again. Thank you. And now here's what's on the agenda for Thursday, October 17th. The House Children, Families, and Seniors Subcommittee will receive an update on Department of Children and Families initiatives by DCF Secretary Chad Popple. That's at 9.30 a.m., 12 House Office Building. The House Civil Justice Subcommittee will hold a workshop on insurer bad faith issues. That's at 9.30 a.m., 404 House Office Building. The House Pre-K-12 through Appropriations Subcommittee will hear a presentation on classroom teacher compensation. That's at 9.30 a.m., 102 House Office Building. The Joint Legislative Auditing Committee will hear presentations related to the city of Opelaka, including an Auditor General's review of the city and its Community Redevelopment Agency. That's at 1.30 p.m., 404 House Office Building. Finally, today's edition of Florida Man. The Pasco County Sheriff's Office had a message for one 911 caller. Stop calling. That's because he dialed the emergency line repeatedly to complain about his roommate stealing his marijuana. Pasco County Sheriff's Deputy Neil Zalva, in a video he tweeted, explained he personally called the man back to ask him to cut it out. The assumption is the caller was not complaining about his medical marijuana and any other marijuana use remains illegal. A spokesman for the sheriff's office reported that no charges were filed against the man because all they wanted for him was to quit calling about his stolen weed. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Jim Rossica reporting from Tallahassee for Florida Politics. Good morning and have a pleasant rest of your day.